This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello. Thank you for going to the Les Schwab Twires. Twires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why can't you say tires? Vive Clucot. It's the same thing. Just say tires. Where do we pick up from? Hi, everyone. You're listening to the Sinner and the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will Darkins, well, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952. Luke Anderson, astronaut. A man barely interesting. I also uh, went to a school dance with a girl that watched Titanic, I think, 17 times in the theater. It was a different time back then. Will Darkens, hot air balloon attendant, frightened by technology. There's HBO hot where it's like you watch it and you're like, wow, she's dangerous. I'm into that. We have the capability to build the 33rd best radio show in Portland on Saturdays about sports. The Sinner and the Saint will be that show. Better than they were before. Funnier. Sportsier. More Labradoodles. On 1080, The Fan. All right, made it to hour two. If you missed anything from hour one, you can check out the podcast. It's at 1080thefan. Dot com. You go to the on-demand button. That fine product is brought to you by Les Schwab Tires. Oh! Sorry, what? Ha! You, you got that down. If you just stuck with it, I think that bit would have worked just fine. Hey! Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, there you go. Just sound effects. We'll do that next time. We'll try it again. We'll try it again next week. If you listen back to hour one and you hear the uh, ridiculous performance of our opening monologue, I blame Will. So no way. Yeah, we'll get better. We'll get better. That's hey. That's all we do is we try to get better on this show yes. for you. I've got a question for people though. The Kentucky Derby. We're going to talk about it a little bit, but kind of the the direction I want to go is the Kentucky Derby is one of those like monumental occasions. Uh, it's not just a sporting event. It's also about the pageantry and everybody showing up and doing their hats. Uh, my question is bucket list sporting events yes so not just the game like who cares about like if my team makes the super bowl i want to go no do you want to go to the super bowl regardless of who performs mm. do you want to go to the derby where else do you want to go so think about that we'll do that at 10 30 or so five five three zero five five three zero four or at twitter uh it is at center saint 1080 so you can do that as well um but i do want to get into the nba pay up playoffs because i think they've been extremely entertaining and there was a little bit of a down period where it's like this sucks Blazers are bad Oh, I got over that after game one. I know you did. You moved right on. I did. I You it was, said, it, well, but here's what you did. You didn't, I don't know that we talked about the rest of the playoffs. What you did was you just shouted at everybody, they're going to lose. I don't have to watch it in Hawaii. They're going to lose. They're going to yep. get swept. They're, they're not going to win a single swept. game. And you were right. So. I'm sorry. After game one, I felt so friggin' betrayed. Dude, you were screaming at people. Running through the so halls mad. of this building. 
screaming at people. I mean, how the hell do you give Myers Leonard and Pat Connaughton the final shots? By the way, two-point shots when you're down three with well, under 10 seconds left. What are you doing? First one, they weren't down three. There was a missed free throw. Second one, you were down two. Down three. Yeah, you were down three, but you tried twice. Fifth options. There were fifth options on oh, there. So it's not Terry's Tuck's fault. It's the players' choices. No, after that, I yeah. pretty much disconnected myself from the team this year. I just go, I don't really don't care what happened. But you're back next year. I'm back next year. Okay. So outside, my bandwagon. Outside, outside of that disappointment factor of the Blazers series. Yes. What's your favorite storyline currently going on in the NBA playoffs? Mm, I got a couple. First is Donovan Mitchell. Holy smokes, that guy's good. Like, he's really, really friggin' good, and I didn't really realize it uh, during the season because I only watched maybe a couple of Utah Jazz games. Sure. And he looked kind of promising. And, you know, during the regular season, you can never really get a feel for these things because he just, to me, kind of seemed like, oh, he scores a lot. This dude is pretty much shouldering the offense while Ricky Rubio's out. Well, and you saw in game three that it's take out Donovan Mitchell is the new strategy if you can stop yeah. him from scoring. And you realize how good this defensive team is for, for Utah, Utah. and yeah. they had just needed somebody that could go and do that. I mean, there's part of it is there's there's a void of scoring in Utah, so it works out perfectly. And it's funny because a lot of people are going and going, oh, man, the 13th pick. If Donovan Mitchell should have been picked by a lot of these teams earlier. Stupid. But he's such a good fit for that team. Yes. And it lets him go and do what he does on the offensive end. And it, he, the Jazz are going to go as far as he takes them offensively. It'll be I, I want to see how he bounces back. I want to see how he'll start playing once they get Ricky Rubio back in there. Yeah, Rubio, but I what's the reports out? on Rubio? I think the Rubio was only out for like 10 days. He should yeah. be back. I think what made the Jazz so good was that you had Ricky Rubio penetrating inside and then basically drawing defenders to get Donovan Mitchell open. Didn't you say Ricky Rubio was awful and shouldn't have been playing the NBA? Was now, that hold you? on a second. Was no, that you? I just want to check. That was not me. Oh, okay. Never. I've never <laughs> trashed on Ricky Rubio in my life. Have All I the ever, time, every day. Have I ever said that Ricky Rubio looks like he should belong on a street corner selling illegal cigars? Maybe. <laughs> no, they would be they would be rolled cigarettes. Loose cigarettes? Yeah. Roll, loose. He rolled them for you. And he yeah. would use too much saliva when he... And he'd be yeah. selling magazines. Yeah, he would. Anyways. Uh, yeah, so Donovan Mitchell is one of my big ones. Um, another one for me is, of course, the 76ers uh, and how much I love them. You, you love them. how much you hate the process. Yeah. But you absolutely hate it. Do you love that story more because I hate the process so much? No, I love that story because they... Uh, almost, they're down 0-2, by the way, to the Celtics. They are down 0-2, but they're coming back home for game three, so we got to see what's going to happen there. Now, I think it's pretty ridiculous that Ben Simmons only scored one point um, in the game. Uh, Quinn, Quinn Snyder says Ricky Rubio is making progress, so nothing has been decided. I think he'll get back, but I, I, I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw that Ben Simmons scored one point. Yeah. That was pretty weird. That was a strategy. Take him out. Take him out. Take I mean, him. is this... Is this the coaching? I mean, Brad Stevens, how did he... The, one of the amazing things about this playoff story is is how Brad Stevens has become one of the greatest coaches in the history of the NBA and just keeps winning no matter who he's got on his team. Yeah, he... Um, I don't know if it's real. Uh, uh, here's here's what I kind of saw, at least from the game. Go ahead. Was that if you... This is... I can't believe I'm about to utter this sentence. 
if you can stop J.J. Redick, you can stop the 76ers. Because really, that was the primary point of high scoring that the Sixers were having. Joel Embiid can score all day inside. Sure. That dude's a friggin' monster. He can score really from anywhere. I mean, that's kind of the amazing he can, thing. But, but once he gets in the paint, yep. like, you're not really going to stop him. He's going to miss. That's kind of the idea. So basically, what they did was they go, okay, we'll let Joel Embiid do what he wants. He'll score inside. You keep doing that. And actually, it reminded me of back in 2013 when we played the Rockets where... Uh, Dwight Howard. Yeah, yep. where we basically just go, okay, we're just going to do solo on Dwight Howard. He can score as much as he wants. Yep. Who cares? As long as we get the ball out of Harden's hands and whoever the Chandler Parsons do when yep. he was semi-good. And um, I, I mean, it's a really great strategy, but you got to think at some point that Ben Simmons has to learn how to score the ball other than just laying it up or dunking. Yep. Because... That dude is too friggin' good not to learn how to shoot. You, one would think. You'd think. One. Though he is kind of a rube. A little Whenever bit. He, yeah, he didn't really get very good grades at LSU, which isn't known for its high academics. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not sure he went in there expecting to continue his education beyond that either. So I don't necessarily know that not paying attention to school in the seven months. Because here's the thing. All you need is your grades to be up during basketball season, which ends in March. So you have to be, what, first term? All right, past that, and then just coast through the second term, and all right, we made it. Congratulations. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I would be – what do you think happens if, if they end up getting swept? I mean, what changes do you have to make other than just letting these guys get better? Because that's the interesting thing about the 76ers. Obviously, Markel Fultz is a guy that had a very bizarre rookie season, and you expect him to come back better next year. You would think that Ben Simmons would improve his shooting, but how much how much better does this team have to be to, to make it out of a second-round series, or is this just you know young guys being young guys? Um, no, man. I mean, this team's going to get way better. I, again, it all hinges on can Ben Simmons learn how to score. I think that they yeah. had the great... I mean, Jesus, dude. Even think about Markel Fultz getting a lot better. Because really, at that point, if Markel Fultz becomes a stable two-guard for you, because I don't think he's going to play point, they're going to put him at the two-guard. He he really wasn't all that great of a point at uh, University of Washington. He was just a point scorer. Yep. Uh, but, dude, if you get that guy off of screens and you allow him to shoot how he wants and let Ben Simmons just distribute, yeah, they're going to be really friggin' good. And in fact, if Markel Fultz was on the same track that he should have been on, they'd be way better at this point. I think you hate the process because you think the Blazers are going to do it. No, no, no. I'm okay with that. They won 50 games. The Blazers won 49. Uh, a second round exit does not make the process a success. They oh. have, they're going to have to. They're going to have to go beyond that. And 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 what the question that I asked for you earlier this week when we spoke was about the Oklahoma City Thunder. If you get the same six, seven-year run that, that Westbrook and Durant had together, and that's the, the ceiling that the process hits, would you consider that a success? Yes. And then they fall apart after that. Well, I think what you're... Right now, the Oklahoma City Thunder are going the wrong direction. It's very unlikely that you get Paul George back. Here's it's very likely that you're stuck with Carmelo Anthony or you have to pay a bunch of money for him to leave. I don't, I don't know. Here's the issue do. with your interpretation of the process is that you're making it very much like a finality thing. Yeah. That the process has to mean something concretely, right? Well, what that's a, what a process is. We we do this to get to there. But a process to me is the ever-changing nature of how you are progressing. That's it. 
You're always no, you're, just you're mistaking better. process for progress. Well, you're making Those are progress two while things. you're in the process. <laughs> Not always. Some processes just don't so work. So what's the end goal then, you think? Championships. It's Championships? It's, well, a, cha- a championship. So would a be, championship. I would think so, yes. So you don't think it means anything that they doubled their win total from last year and won Their a win total series. was 26. It didn't w- go from 40 to 80. It's doubling is not the same thing. To Fifty. Yeah, that's and? friggin' amazing. And they won a playoff series for the first well, time. Well, sure, in six they years. finally got a first round pick to actually play a season, and it was two of them at the same time. Impressive. How is it impressive that finally we got a guy that was healthy? We missed on two top five picks. It's we, we hit on two, but it took them four years to. Do. They stuck it out. They, what, what what other choice did they have? It was the process. This process is stupid and you're stupid. LeBron James is turning back the clocks and dragging along a pretty bad Cavaliers team. Are they still your pick to be in the NBA Finals? If they follow the process. <laughs> Next. Center and Saint, 1080 The Fan. What did you accuse me of exactly being too concerned about the end product of the process? Yes. Okay, I'm going to read you just a quick thing. This is from dictionary.com. The word that I looked up was process. Right. I'm going to read you the definition and see if this matches uh, what what I'm doing to to your favorite thing. I'm just happy you're reading. A series of actions or steps taken in order to achieve a particular end. Whatever. That doesn't know anything. (laughs) Doesn't know anything. It, it knows something. Earlier in the show, we were talking about uh, your alma mater, the Oregon State Beavers. Uh, they went through the process of trying to recruit players that were already at, their, at another school. We don't know how this will end, but we actually just got a call on the break uh, from Rob. Rob, you were saying that uh, your school had something very similar happen. What What was the end of that process? Well, let me start by saying I was not the physical specimen that um, Will and his brother Andy were, so I couldn't um, I couldn't take my talents to a fine school like Oregon State, but I did go play Division three football down at Occidental College. Okay. And um, what happened was uh, the, one of the strategies was that the way we recruited players uh, to get there was we actually took guys, we recruited guys that – perhaps were playing D1 but weren't getting playing time. And so when they would stop playing Division One and were currently not active NCAA players, the coach would reach out to these guys and try to see if they'd be interested in coming and playing Division Three. which the strategy worked out pretty well. There was a guy at University of Oregon named Andy Collins okay. who uh, ended up going to Occidental and becoming a Division Three All-American, and it worked out really well. So when did However, things go sideways? What's that? When did things go sideways exactly? Well, things went sideways when there was a bad list, and essentially an email was shot out to a few guys who were currently active players uh, for other uh, programs. And lo and behold, Coach, who had been there for 28 years, 29 years, I think, I think um, they, they decided to, to give him the boot. So I don't know. I mean, Will, you guys are in trouble. This leaky dam, I mean, you never know. They might have to let Smith and all these guys go. Rob, do you have any idea what the sanctions that were uh, potentially coming down on the school were or or anything that we can expect next? Obviously, the school made the decision to fire him. Yeah, the school did, and it was self-reported. And I think, you know, honestly, I'm not totally sure. I think there was a little bit of a rift between the AD and and the coach, and so I think it was kind of a little bit of a power struggle. So it was maybe perhaps just kind of a... Gave gave him a reason to do it. Yeah. Well, that was yeah. a less interesting end to the story than I had hoped for, Rob. I appreciate it. 
All right. Thanks to Rob for giving that call. So I don't know that we'll end up uh, getting Jonathan Smith fired, but at least there is some precedent. And, and the way he put it when he said bad list, you realize how it can just be kind of like a simple mistake where you're going, all right, these are the guys we're going after. Uh, like, I, like I you kinda, said, that that makes a lot more sense to me. That, but you'd have to think this is Oregon State. It's a Division One program with high recruiting uh, well, and you said talent? that that packet looked like something that would be to somebody that you're looking at pretty seriously. Yes. That's not an introduction to let her go, hi, I guess you've never heard of us. We're the Oregon State Beavers, and yes. we've got a terrible football team. We'd like to improve it with your help. If you think that you can beat an FCS school, we'd love to have you here. Their, their letters should start off as, hi, we're Oregon State. No, not Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> really though, because I think you'll get a lot of recruits who will just go, "Oh, it's for wait, uh, Oregon? You mean the Ducks? Oh, that uh, school? Wouldn't have wait, the? Are you guys still sponsored by Nike? Pretty um, sure it would have the logo on it. I guess so. I hey, be, literacy be, rates are down. That's a fair point. That's why the picture of the beaver. It's right not a there. beaver. That's a nutria. It does look like a little bit more like a nutria. I would agree with that. Um, it's so. I asked you before the break, mm-hmm. before we were so rudely interrupted by Rob. Hey, Rob was great. Rob was okay. Let's be honest. Rob was hot. Is he? I haven't met Rob. He's a good-looking guy. Yeah. Good to know. He did compliment you on your uh, physical prowess, though, so I think there's probably some little mutual admiration society going on I here. That was pretty badass. All right. Speaking of guys that are pretty badass, LeBron James uh, looks to be having no trouble with the Toronto Raptors. Is this a symptom of the Toronto Raptors raptoring? Or is this LeBron James turning it on playoff style? The LeBronto Raptors. The LeBronto Raptors. Freaking love it, dude. This is like one of the, um, cause you know what? I actually kind of started to think about this with LeBron James. Cause most really good NBA players have rivals. You know what I mean? Michael Jordan had the jazz. He had the Pistons. Um, Knicks. Yeah. He had the Knicks. Everybody wanted to be the rival. Cause even Reggie Miller. I mean, I mean, Reggie Miller. It was more the Knicks, but they ended up yeah, clashing. Miller was more with the Knicks, but yeah. they ended up clashing with the, the. Nobody could get past Jordan to get to the NBA Finals in the East, which made everybody really hate them. So you think about LeBron James, and really the first one that comes to mind to me were the Celtics when he was on the Heat. He could never really get past the Celtics when he was on Cleveland, and then once he got to the Heat, he did get past the Celtics at a certain point. That was kind of his rival. You could put the Spurs as a rival on there, though. Think about it. He played him in three bit. finals. I mean, yeah, two, I guess two, so. in, two in Miami and the sweep in, in Cleveland. But there wasn't as much consternation as you have right now with LeBron James in Toronto because, to me, I think the Toronto Raptors just friggin' hate playing this guy. Yes, but I think this is little brother. This is yes. kind of the ones I point He's to. He's got that, their number. The Knicks, the Pacers, the Jazz, those were not rivals of Michael Jordan. Those were guys that wanted to be rivals, but they never, if you don't beat them, it's not a rivalry. I think the Jazz, in a certain sense, beat the Bulls in this very, very little sense in that Carl Malone would win MVP over Jordan. Now, I don't know if Jordan really cared no, so much about I that, think... but I think that's kind of what stoked the rivalry. You... No, I, I just, again, I don't see it as a rivalry. It's like it's like the, um, oh, what's the team? There was a team from Seattle that always beat, uh, oh, the Huskies, how they always beat Oregon until Kenny Wheaton. That's when it became a rivalry. It's kind of like that. Wouldn't you agree? Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I really, if we have to hear more <laughs> Kenny Wheaton stuff. When we got the Ducks. So if anybody that doesn't know, 1080 the fan, new home of the Ducks. Yeah. Boo. What? Oh, sorry. What now? Yay. We could not be more excited, right, Will? So our right, uh, Will. One of our managers. We could not be excited. More excited. One of our managers played 
to uh, let us know about this, played the Kenny Wheaton pick video. For any Duck fan out there who still uses the <laughs> Kenny Wheaton uh, pick video, just uh, please, it was in the past. It was not a... It was not a seminal moment for your program. It wasn't. Compared to all the other ones, playing in the national title, having a Heisman Trophy winner. When the tides turn. Good Lord. Fantastic moment. So there was oh, another. Wheaton's got uh, the pair. Okay, calm down. So there's another moment from the NBA. Not moment. There's another thing happening in the NBA that could end up being a huge moment. Yes. Uh, that is Becky Hammond. Yes. Uh, assistant coach for the San Antonio Spurs. Um, we'll have a chance to interview for the Milwaukee Bucks job. So for anybody that doesn't know who Becky Hammond is, she's the eighth all-time leading scorer in WNBA history. She has been an assistant coach for Greg Popovich uh, now for a handful of years. She had an offer to be the Colorado State men's head coach, but turned it down because she wanted to pursue opportunities further in the NBA. So now she has a chance to interview for a head coaching job. How big is this, not just in basketball, but in sports? It's freaking massive. It's huge. This is progress. You didn't even know who she was. Uh, no, you had you had presented this to me in a way that made it sound like she was a reporter. And I go, I go, I go, what about the Becky Hammond interview? Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> well, I don't care about that. And then go, you go, do you want to oh, talk about the Becky Hammond interview during the show? And you went, I don't care about that. Yeah. I was like, oh, that seems. I thought it was just that seems some awful dismissive. That hashtag me too. And you thought she was a reporter. That right there is what we're trying to fight against. Will it is what we're trying to fight against? <laughs> I'll say this though, um, Becky Hammond. Uh, you know, she's learning from somebody like Greg Popovich, so you have to have a lot of confidence in it. And let me say this too: that you're going to go interview for a franchise that right now is on the cusp of being kind of that team. The Bucks, man, with the Greek freak, they can be a team in the East where they're competing for the next five to six years. Like every time, like they're in the Eastern conference finals. And I think if you bring somebody like her on staff, you're going to kind of build this energy around a small market team that most everybody's kind of forgotten about. I mean, Jesus, they fired Jason Kidd, who's a mess. Yeah. Who I, I still to this day can't figure out how he's so intelligent on the floor, but can't coach people. Yeah, but he had all those sweet tactics like the spilling the water and oh, taking phone calls. Stupid. And-, <laughs> and I and I usually give people a pass if they've coached for the Knicks. Like I don't. Like, you blame blame the Knicks, not the coach. Yeah, like uh, Derek Jeff Fisher, Hornacek's you're okay. okay. Yeah, he's yeah. he's a good guy. He's probably a good coach. He just got caught up in some crap. Mike Woodson. Yeah, yeah. A good guy. You were stuck with the Knicks. What were you going to do? What are you going to do? And yeah. Now David Fisdale too. It's like sure. You know, I get it. You're just taking the money, David. That's okay. That's fine. Cool. And did you hear that? Uh, uh, piece of little uh, juicy gossip was that they say uh, the Knicks hired Fizdale to get LeBron James. Look at you! Look at you! Even dismissing Becky Hammond as we're talking about her. What is wrong with you? I'm taking that into stock, but I'm also laughing. No, it's good. Come on! All right, stay on topic here. Yeah. How? I mean, do you see in the current? climate that we have any backlash from this or is this just another kind of step in in, in progress for for women right women's rights but also you know just just being able to kind of go hey everybody should have an opportunity at this you know how it won't be a backlash how's that if they win true that's it it's a fair point i have zero backlash against this i have no beef against this look if she goes there and she sucks she sucks yep so go get another job that's like every nba coach but if she's really really good I bet you really, really fast people will totally forget about the fact that she's a woman. They're winning games. If they win 50 games, 
yeah, everybody will completely wipe that from their memory. The cool thing about this is, and you were kind of saying it, the way that Milwaukee's built right now, they have a chance to win. And they're no matter when something like this happens, and, and she's not a front runner for the job. She's getting an interview, and we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. But if she does end up getting the job, there's going to be a ton of additional attention that comes with that. And that's one something the team's going to have to be ready for. It's not going to be NBA fans. There'll be some that have backlash. That backlash will then get attention. And but there'll also be a contingent of people that are not NBA fans that will be interested in this story. It will be bigger than basketball. And that's one of the cool things is that if she ends up on a team that in a small market wants that attention, they're yeah. going to get it and they better win. Well, and I think it's good too that she's interviewing and could possibly, I think she, I honestly actually think she'll get the job because I don't know who the hell is she going to hire. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I mean, if David Fisdale's not available. Well, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way towards her um, because she, she obviously is a very quality coach and the Spurs have had really great things to say about her. I'm just saying the well's friggin' dry, man. Like, the Knicks hired David Fisdale. It would be the biggest splash that was in a, coaching hires maybe ever. I, Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I guess, but it's just, to me, it's more of a logical decision that she's been coach, uh, well, assistant uh, coaching under a program that's yeah. so friggin' successful and people have had glowing reviews about her. Like, why did the Knicks not take her over David friggin' Fisdale, who looks like a clown at press conferences and lost his locker room what, two weeks into the season? But this is like Jessica Mendoza uh, doing play-by-play for baseball on Sunday Night Baseball. Well, she's good, by the way. She is. She's very good. But at first, every, there's it brings a bunch of attention just at first. It's going to crop up. But she's earned that position. It's not like she just came out of nowhere and they're like, we're no. just going to give it to a woman. You know, and the, I, oh, dang it. Now I forget the lady's name that did Monday Night Football last year. I think she's doing it again this year. The, they do the two games to open mm, it up. Mm-hmm. And so she did that broadcast. Doris Burke in basketball. It's, it's, Doris it's, Burke's great. She's really, really good, but she's earned that position. And the more times you see a woman uh, step up into a position and, and deserve it, it's going to get a huge, you know, ovation from, like I said, outside of basketball, and people are going to pay a ton of attention to it. But she has earned that position, and as long as she's comfortable in in that position and does well, it'll be forgotten about the the all the swell will go back down. And it'll just be basketball, which is which is where where it's great. Let me ask you something about broadcasters because Jason Winton got hired um, for Monday Night Football, he which did. was fine, whatever. I actually. I've never heard him talk. I don't know. Tony Romo, I always thought that, that was weird. And yeah, I didn't fine. care about Whatever. that. Whatever. Um, I, really. I was actually kind of thinking about the idea of what makes a good uh, play-by-play broadcaster. Like the play-by-play, not the color commentator. Or Either. Either okay. one. What sure. makes a good one? I mean, sometimes it's kind of kitschiness about them. Sometimes they can be way too involved in the tactics of a game and you kind of just like phase them out. Like Tony Romo is the perfect balance of them both. He's really funny. He uh, makes fun of people on the field, which is friggin' hilarious. And he pretty much guesses plays. Like he makes it very malleable. Like you can watch a play. He'll explain it. And you go, Oh, I get it. Yeah. I'm so, so on Tony Romo. Uh, Keith Jackson was one of the guys that I really liked. Mm. And when he passed away, I was, I was doing some uh, just kind of looking back and I pulled up an interview that he did, and he talked about what makes a great play-by-play guy. And, you know, he said people tune in to see the coaches and players. They don't t- tune in to listen to the broadcaster. Mm-mm. He goes, but if you can take it and have fun and do it in rhythm and and showcase what's going on on the field, that's how you do a great job. Favorite Keith Jackson moment? Fourth and five, national title on the line. <laughs> right here. Man, I was a, uh, I was a teenager watching yeah. that in my kitchen. 
in my house. <laughs> but you, you, still... be, you be direct. You know what you're doing. Yes. And then and then he always had fun with with slipping in the little phrases. He said, oh, "Put your personality." Yeah, oh, Nelly, and and you know the granddaddy of them all, and all all the little things that that come to be expected. You know, maybe the first time you say it, nobody really notices, but then you, that's kind of how you put your stamp on it. But you just you get in, you get out, you get out of the way, and that's my, what he did really well. My favorite guy in the NBA, I don't know about you, is uh, Kevin Harlan. I friggin' love I, Kevin. I Harlan. still think Marv Albert's great. Like he just does a re, like. Yeah, he he's getting old though. I love yeah. '90s Marv Albert, but like, sure. Kevin Harlan to me, Kevin Harlan's great. Is just he is. I a think the NBA broadcasters that they have are all really good because I think Mike Breen does a good job and and uh, with um, Van Gundy and Mark Jackson. I think they're funny and they yeah. They, Breen's know. okay. Yeah, but that, but that but yeah, that he fills that his tandem. Role. Yeah. yeah, he. he he, again, he kind of stays out of their way. He yeah. just gets to the point, and, and that's the play-by-play guy. But I think the the way that they play off each other is fun. So, anyways, uh, good luck to Becky Hammond in that whole thing. And uh, Hammond, Hammond, what did I say? D, D, Hammond. What did I say? Hammond. And I should be saying Hammond. Hammond. D. All right. <laughs> um, Kentucky offensive. Derby. It's offensive. What's what's your bucket list for sporting events? Where do you want to go? What do you want to see? What's the spectacle in sports that Kentucky Derby takes uh, place today? And we'll talk about that next. Center and Saint, Tenny the Fan, here's uh, the news. All righty. We're getting to the uh, end of this thing. It happens pretty quick. It's good to have you back, Will. Oh, it's good to be back. Is it? No. Do you mean that? No, I, I don't, actually. <laughs> I uh, I almost did get on that plane. Yeah, I Hawaii was great. There was a part of me that said uh, I should try to convince my fiance to just let's go get waiter jobs and just be beach bums. My wife and I did that right after we got married. We moved out to Maui and lived there for a year, and that was our plan was to just be beach bums and be uh, be Hawaiian waiters. It's not a bad way to go. And then you skip work when there's high surf. Everybody else does, so you don't really get in trouble. They need you back because you're the only one that. You know, restocks the salad bar properly. It's not so bad. And then you become that guy, that white guy who uh, starts using Hawaiian phrases when you come back to the. Uh, no, 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 no. You don't become that oh. guy. You become one of those guys. One of those. Everyone, guys. or you become the guy that stays there and is like the adopted Hawaiian. See, we lived in we lived in Lahaina on Maui. If you're going to live there, okay. great recommendation for white people because it's the whitest town in Hawaii. A lot of white people then. Yeah, well, I, had, I had a guy that I worked with from Hawaii, and uh, he's like, where'd you live when I was out there? I go, the whitest town in Hawaii, as you would suspect. He goes, oh, Lahaina. So, yeah. Lahaina That's and weird. Well, no, we, it's, I mean, we exactly. were near a resort place, and it was kind of strange because there were just, like, just gobs of white people around, mm-hmm. white tourists. Yep. And uh, we had to drive a little bit more north to actually get to a local town where you saw somebody who uh, didn't greet you with, Mahalo. It's aloha. Mahalo is thank you. Oh, anyways, doesn't matter. Silly me. I know. But anyways, yes, there are some Polynesians. You can find them in remote spots of Hawaii. Polynesian islands. Jesus. Anyways, uh, but it's a great trip. Uh, Speaking of great trips, I have always wanted to go to the Kentucky Derby. I really don't have all that much interest in horse racing. I've gone to a track a handful of times. It's fun. Uh, But the Kentucky Derby seems like one of those spectacles in sports that it would be hard not to have a good time. It's the event, not the presentation. So the question is, 55305 is the text line. What is the event? Yeah, not the, not the actual game that you want to go and see. What's the event that you want to be a part of? Um, we, 
Jeez, who are we talking to? Oh, the funny thing, uh, Jerry Allen. So we are the the new uh, home of the Ducks. Jerry Allen was talking with Isaac and Souk on Thursday when we made the announcement. He was talking with them about the best moments he's had as a broadcaster for the Ducks. And surprisingly, he chose the Final Four over the two national championship games. So he actually had more fun. The Final Four uh, would be, I think, somewhere on my list as well. And just going and kind of seeing the spectacle. What is it for you, young Will Darkins? For me, it would be the Australian Open. And for two reasons. Interesting. Uh, one, you get to go to Australia. Okay. That's friggin' awesome. Melbourne is a sweet town, so I've heard. And you could blow out, what, two weeks uh, going to Australia, hanging out in Melbourne, and then you're at a Grand Slam tennis tournament, which is really awesome. So you, you just want to go. go to Australia and you're trying to think of a reason to go to Australia? Well, no, because also the tournament is really awesome and uh, the courts are a lot faster, so it's it's better tennis. And I'm tennis geeking out right now, but all the best talent goes there. So you get to go on this vacation in this amazing place where you're, it's completely different than anything else. You also get to avoid the cold bitterness of Oregon Falls in winters and go to a sunny place for two weeks. And you get to meet tennis celebrities and hang out. And <laughs> Is there anything me. else around the, the event that makes it appealing, though? Because, like, I'm thinking of things that, that are unique in sports. Like, you could just go and take a trip to Australia in the winter and you wouldn't have to catch a tennis tournament. But that would be a bonus. I get yeah. that. But is there anything that makes it more unique? Because because well, if I was going to the final four unique though is my question. Like you're just going to two basketball games, right? Uh, well, three. But it, well, it the it's, final fours again. This is this is I'm going off of a comment that the final four greater than the national championship game, which kind of surprised me. But the final four, I think, would be a fun one to go to. I don't know that I would put it on my list necessarily, but mm. we when during the final four, I think I was filling in with Isaac, and we were talking about a story of there's this group of guys that made up their own university, and they go to the final four every year. And because the city gets taken over, you end up having basically basketball and, and players and coaches and celebrities traveling all around for an entire week and the final four, you know, versus, you know, a national championship game in one day, it's, you know, three days, you get the, the games on Saturday and then on Monday. So that adds a little bit of extra to it. And like, did you make it to the PK, PK 80 at all? Uh, no, I did not. Just being in the gym for some of those games, it's just a, an energy that you get when you have, you know, universities and all the students and everything. There's just, there's a lot of buzz around it. And I had a ton of fun with that. And I've been to a couple other college basketball tournaments. I've been to an opening round game. The college basketball tournament's just, just fun. I did go to the NCAA tournament when uh, it came around to the Rose Garden. I want to say three years ago. Yeah. They had some regional Four, rounds. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, from the text line, the Masters is one of them. Oh, that would be a good one. Uh, U.S. Festival 1983 when rock was rock. That's not a sporting <laughs> event, but I will say that probably was awesome. Uh, another one, I want to go see the Kentucky Derby live. Watching those horses get whipped makes me giggle. Is it true <laughs> they eat all the horses after the race? Of course. Absolutely. After the Triple Crown. It's not right after the Kentucky Derby. They wait till the Triple Crown's over, and then they... I would imagine horses gamey. Mm, I don't know. Uh... Other parts of the world, it is pretty common. And the one thing I would guess is that there have been scandals of people mixing in horse meat with beef. To make a horse burger? Well, I think it's just cheaper. You get it from, you know, uh, unreliable sources and you pay less money for it and you get the black market horse meat. There was a scandal back in, geez, was it the 70s? Help me out, text line here. But uh, Jack in the Box was putting kangaroo meat in their burgers. Yeah. Yeah, so. God, you know, Jack in the Box, let me just... Say this for a second. 
Jack, Let me rail on Jack in the no, Box. No, no, open. I'm actually going to compliment Jack in the Box. My God, they have weathered storms. Yeah, the E. coli outbreak and what, Kangaroo the 90s? Kangaroo meat, the E. coli outbreak, and they were one of, at the forefront of the mad cow disease. Like, they were one of the bigger restaurant chains that during the late 90s and early 2000s when mad cow was really coming out, like, they were finding it a lot in them. Those dudes should have been bankrupt. Yeah. Like three times over, but they're now still one of the most popular restaurant chains. Big globe headed idiot has saved the franchise. Those commercials are, excuse me, are delightful. They are delightful. Uh, a couple more from the text line uh, that makes sense. Uh, it's the World Cup, I think, would be crazy. Just people watching at the that World Cup. That would be sweet. Would be nuts. Uh, the Grand Prix of Monaco. How sweet would that be? Like, I'm not a car guy. But they race through the streets of Monaco. Have you ever seen? You no, know, I haven't. Oh, take a look at images of that event. It's awesome. It's right on the water, and it just runs through the town. They shut down the whole city and build a racetrack right through Monaco. That is that a, a, is that a uh, uh, um, Formula Formula One race? Well, it's European, whatever it is. is the European Formula cars. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, I don't know a ton about it. Like I said, I'm not a, a huge car guy, but I've seen pictures of that race. Looks. Uh, spectacular indy 500 i think would be a good one i think in years to come this is kind of my goal is to get to more things like that i think indy 500 would be interesting um to a point i feel like you get burnt out after about an hour because really all the indy 500 is is just kind of people camping out and that's it I, I don't think it is. I think there's a lot more to it. I think they know how to put on an event. Because, I mean, they've been going around for such a long time. If I was gonna 500 p- times. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there, you clever bugger. Um, yes. Well done. Well, keep, keep them coming in. We might get to some of those uh, next. I would say, I would say to you, Will, though, if I was going to go to a tennis tournament, I'm not sure why. I would want to go to the French. Boo. Really? It rains. Who cares? They play in clay. I think that's delightful. It rains it here. No, but it rains to the point where you get delayed. Like you'll you'll watch a match and then you'll get delayed three hours. Because if, it, if to... it sprinkles on the clay, they got to shut it down. Yes. Yeah. They get a single drop of water. That's also grass and hardcourt too. Oh, they're yeah, they're serious about that. And actually, one of the funniest videos I've ever seen is Andy Roddick. You remember Andy Roddick? Yeah. Last American to win a Grand Slam. Brooklyn Decker, I remember. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, there's a video of him at, I think, the U.S. Open after it's rained. And he's going around with one of the chairmen of the tournament and, like, going to some of the spots in it, like, pressing his foot down. And he goes, there's freaking water right here. You can't feel that? And the guy, like, put his hand down. He's like, I, I can't feel anything. He goes, you need to fix this because my career's not getting blown by this. And he just, like, storms off. I was like, wow, that guy's a jerk. But then you go, oh, yeah, it's probably a good idea. He doesn't slip and ruin his career on there. Yeah. I'll end it with this one. Just a caveat to the World Cup one. Uh, World Cup, however, preferably not Russia or Qatar. Yeah, yeah I'll probably wait. Though till- Qatar would be sweet to go to. Yeah, 130 like degrees. A- and- yeah, but it's like a town of the future. I mean, they have just gobs of money, and they're putting it all into tech. It's it's really cool. All right, let's let's sign it up then. Let's go to Qatar. <laughs> we'll do a live broadcast. Twenty twenty two. When are they playing Qatar? Twenty twenty four. Could you imagine us in Qatar? Jeez, just all the ghosts of all the people that died building their tech future palaces. We could interview them. All right, let's do it. Let's talk. We'll talk to uh, the boss man. We'll see if we can get the center and the saint live from Qatar. For and the entire wanna, World Cup. And I don't want to play or pay for my plane tickets. No, no. We'll get the state. That's what I'm saying. The station will take care of it. They should. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're clearly the most qualified to be the Qatar correspondents for the World Cup. Where's Qatar? 
I don't know. Crystal Balls is next. Center and Saint, 1080 The Fan. I have often been critical of the people that text into this show and other shows on this uh, fine station. Uh, often. I mean, let's, most of the time they're terrible. Every once in a while, we get something that is just so grand. And this question, I believe, is directed at you. Yes. So I'll read it from the text line. Please. Do you think slave ghosts in Qatar think the Blazers should trade C.J. McCollum? I would think yes. Okay. I mean, they took one gamble. (laughs) Is that offensive? I don't know what that means exactly. (laughs) Explain the gamble that they took. Working on that stadium. Uh, It's really a uh, sad story. uh, Again, slaves tend not to have choices. Well, ask Kanye West that. (laughs) (laughs) Ha! Ha! There you go. All right. Kanye West is a dope. Um, We've solve that okay here's what, let's do this okay uh there are let's just do this weekend's games because uh it will shape the series that are sure. going on currently in the nba playoffs um ooh, I, 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 give me one second oh okay say, say words stall uh oh boy this is hard i don't want to go to the kentucky derby i like seeing it on tv but don't want to be around rednecks drunks rich a-holes or fancy woman hats from the text line which uh, I disagree with only because uh, I love a good fancy hat. <laughs> it's just so awkward. I was just going to let it go. You were doing a terrible job stalling there. All right. So initially I pulled up the scores without lines, which would makes it more difficult to pick. You're never prepared. I'm sometimes prepared. Okay. So the game's today at two o'clock uh, Pacific time. You have the Celtics playing at the 76ers. I'm going to give you a little information about this game. Game three. It's game three. The Celtics are up 2-0 in this series, but have not won a single road game in this playoffs so far. Which reminds you of the 08 Celtics because they pretty much, like, they would go to game seven almost every single friggin' time before. Best home court in basketball, the TD Garden. Yes. Uh, so Celtics at 76ers. Phillies favored by nine and a half. Are you taking the process over the Celtics. I am taking the process and I'm taking the process because I think that there is a solution to kind of getting Ben Simmons back in the role of scoring. And that would be just let him shoot. Why wouldn't you let Ben Simmons just shoot? If they're going to shoot. Yeah, but they're going to leave him open. Why not just take your time? Because he can't shoot. He can shoot. He not chooses, three pointers, but he, he shoot, can shoot. Chooses not to shoot because he can't shoot. But he can shoot. That's the thing. What I would say is still do what you're doing, but let Ben Simmons take more shots. Just try it. Who cares? What do you have to lose at this point? You're down two to zero. It's looking like the Celtics are a better team. Let Ben Simmons try to score his way out of it because at least you'll draw a little bit more attention to him and get other dudes open like J.J. Redick. J.J. Redick, underpin. Of this series. He's <laughs> it, the keys to the game. If the Sixers win, I don't think they do it in a 10-point fashion. No. Uh, it's a nine-and-a-half-point line, so I'm going to take the Celtics with all of those points. Ooh. And I think the Celtics probably win the game. Um, but when you give me that kind of those kind of numbers, I'm taking, uh, taking the Celtics all day. Raptors at Cavaliers. Now, the Raptors are down in an 0-2 hole, but... They're traveling for the first time in the series. This is a sweep, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, they are so pathetic. I, I can't. 
Like, dude, that whole like our game one is our game seven thing when they played the uh, that Wizards. was the dumbest thing they could have said, oh. and it's gonna make them look so bad as this they continues on. Buried themselves with yeah. that statement to me. I I mean the Raptors. This is kind of the end of a failed experiment. I think. Yeah, it's the same experiment that has failed in Washington and is currently failing. In failing Portland. in Portland, yep. and I think that's kind of the big story here, at least Small for us. Small guards can't be your your set focal point of your no, team. No, they can't, and they can't be the focal point of your team if they're the exact same player. You know, this happened with uh, Steph Curry and um, yeah, Monte Ellis. Yeah, uh, Monte Ellis. You remember that? They were on the same team. Everybody goes, "Oh man, this is such a great matchup. Why is it not working?" They're the same guy. I mean, it's kind of the same thing that was going on with the Pelicans. Uh, earlier in the season is that you had Boogie Cousins and Anthony Davis and, and uh, Boogie De Cousins got hurt. The friggin' Pelicans got better. I mean, they went on a winning streak and Boogie Cousins even admitted that, yeah, they are better. They're playing better without me. It's, it's pretty, yeah, you can't, I, you need different players. Yes. You need, you Not need the same guy. Yeah. Anytime you get the same guy, it's going to be bad. All right. Tomorrow's games, uh, the early one is the Warriors at Pelicans. The Pelicans have uh, held home court in this series. Series doesn't start until the road team wins. So are we going to see more from the Pelicans and uh, keep pushing the series? I doubt not. I doubt not. Now, uh, I mean, last night was pretty impressive, but... I don't know. It's the freaking Warriors. Dude. Warriors could not have shot worse, but yes. that was kind of a blowout. And to me, I think it they let it be a blowout somewhere around the end of the third quarter. They just kind of go, eh. The way the Pelicans have been playing, I picked them to to lose this series, but I picked it in seven. I think the Pelicans can push them, and I'll I'll point to what Clay Thompson said after Game One, which they won by twenty points. He goes, "Yeah, we beat them pretty good, but they wore us out. Their pace is really tough." I think the Pelicans have a chance to to push them in this series a little bit more. I think they win game two, tie it up, and then we go to a three-game series, which will be fun. Uh, Rockets at Jazz. Uh, Rockets uh, responded to their first loss uh, at home by trouncing the Jazz yesterday. Give me the Rockets. Uh, Rockets. How, how quickly is this series over? We see a good response from the Jazz at any point. Should be over in five. Over in five. Uh, take the Jazz. I think you see a lot of this in the NBA playoffs, and people overreact to lopsided victories. Uh, watch out for the Jazz to come back and win that one. Those are our picks. We'll be wrong, but we'll uh, tell you all about it next week. Uh, everybody have a great weekend. For the Sinner and the Saint, welcome back, Will. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. This is Africa. Your five dollar ass down before I make change. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 